Let me introduce you to the most important players in today's event. I'm a conservative and a proud Kentuckian. Mr. President, you will not fill this Supreme Court vacancy. It's about issues we worry about every single night. This is one of the most awesome scenes that you can find in politics in this country. All right, everyone, welcome back into today's episode of the Pegasus Podcast. Uh, some of our listeners may have noticed over the last couple of weeks, we've been having uh, more guests from the Young Voices program. Uh, and so today joining us, Tyler Curtis, another member of Young Voices, who wrote a piece, was it last week, Tyler, or in the last couple of weeks? Uh, around yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, around student loan reform, I guess. We'll, we'll put it like that. Um, of course, I think as most of our listeners know, uh, President Biden's sort of pending executive action on student loans uh, caused a stir. I think there was a reaction by many that this was bad policy, but maybe that those on the right or even on the left didn't know exactly what an alternative policy uh, might look like. And uh, as you talk about in your piece today, a, a, pol- uh, a policy that maybe isn't as uh, favorable with the voters, but is more effective in the long term. So Tyler has a piece out titled How to Reform Student Loans Require Down Payments. Now, this was the first time I had heard this idea floated out there. Uh, I've heard people talk of other ways to reform the system, to get the government out of it completely or things like that. Um, But this idea of requiring some sort of down payment was the first I had heard of this. So I wanted to bring Tyler on to talk about uh, his policy solution. Um, before we get into the solution, though, Tyler, I want you to sort of look again. I think the the gut reaction by a lot of people was this is this is bad policy. It does nothing really to fix the cost in the long term. It does nothing to you know vet those who are going to college and never finishing. All those sorts of things, right? It's just kind of a one time giveaway. It does does nothing to fix. Uh, again, you know, really even beyond the short term, anything about the college system. So what was sort of your initial reaction uh, to the president's student loan forgiveness plan? And why did you start sort of digging into an alternative solution? Well, my initial reaction was one of surprise, uh, because it seemed like when he was out on the campaign trail uh, in 2020, that he was trying to pose as a more moderate candidate. So you had other candidates, especially uh, Elizabeth Warren, who were really pushing for student loan forgiveness. Um, and Biden, I, I remember there was a town hall and someone in the audience asked him, uh, why won't you why, why won't you promise to forgive student loan debt? And he said, I'm not going to do that. Um, so it seemed like at least at first when he was uh, running during the primaries, that it didn't seem like a priority for him. Now, we know politicians they change their minds um, <laughs> and they uh, don't keep their promises. And sometimes they come up with new promises. Uh, so it was, it was sort of surprising. Now he'd been laying the groundwork. There were leaks. There were certainly indications well before he announced his plan to forgive student loan debt that he was going to do this. Um, but what I think is most concerning is like you said, it doesn't do anything to address the root problem. What it does is it just forgives debt that already exists. Um, there, there's also, uh, he changed unilaterally. 
he changed uh, the income-based repayment plan as well. Um, so he's, he's making it easier for people that will still have debt after their debt is forgiven uh, to pay off their loans or to make payments on them. Um, but he's not doing anything to address why it is that so many more people um, have student loan debt and that it's just ballooned uh, seemingly out of control. It doesn't do anything to address college costs and it doesn't do anything to address um, people taking on more and more debt. Yeah. One of the interesting things I think, uh, and, and I see this maybe more on, on the right than, than, at, than the left, but an acknowledgement that like there is a problem, right? Whether it be with the debt or the costs or the actual value of the degree, I think most of us have this sense that like there's a better way to run this system. And I think one of the things that, that frustrated me or, or frustrates me about the, the forgiveness is if the, if the system is so broken that we must forgive all this debt, well, then we should really be looking at fixing the, the root of the system, right? Like if you're, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I don't know, like if you're, if some, you know, machine you have is continually breaking, like fix the machine, don't just keep, you know, I, I, it's, it, to me, it's, it, you're, you're, you're looking past so many problems uh, that, that really are uh, contributing to this debt. Uh, and I think that's one of the interesting things about your, your proposal, which we'll get to, but uh, is that you sort of acknowledge like, there's some, there's some concerns with costs here. There's, there's inflated costs that uh, people are getting degrees that don't have the same value as they used to. Uh, but again, this forgiveness isn't the perfect solution here. That, that being said, Tyler, I sort of want to ask you about both your recommendation here, but also you, you kind of come from the financial industry. And so you have this kind of unique perspective on uh, payment plans and how they incentivize the right things, how they sort of help create a more efficient system. Uh, I'm interested, how did you come to the idea of down payments uh, for college degrees? Because again, I had never heard this before or heard this suggested by anyone, but it's sort of a unique approach to, you know, giving people skin in the game, essentially. Yeah, well, part of it came from my own experience when I was in high school and applying for college. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of my friends, people that I went to high school with, uh, they certainly were aware of the cost of college uh, when they were applying, but it, it was not, it certainly didn't seem like it was one of the top priorities. So as, as you know, when you're comparing schools and one of them charges, you know, uh, $20,000 a year to attend and another one charges $25,000 to attend. Um, and you can get virtually unlimited student loans to cover that cost. Well, uh, you're not going to, you're not going to see that really as a, as a big deal. Um, so part of my solution is uh, to require students to pay for that pay for some of their college up front is to try to get them to think more about what prices they're paying. So talk a little bit about the effectiveness of a down payment, right? Because I think most of us, whether we bought in a car or a house or, I mean, it feels like everything nowadays you can do payment plans on, but, uh, what, again, you have this kind of unique perspective working in the financial industry. 
what is the benefit of a down payment? Of course, there, there's a benefit both for the borrower and the institution to then sort of be held accountable. But uh, when we're talking about uh, colleges, what would be the benefit of a, of a down payment? There, there are a few benefits. And I alluded to the first one earlier is um, if, you, if you're a prospective uh, loan applicant, whether that's for a car or a home loan, requiring a down payment uh, really, uh, really makes you think more about the price that you're paying for whatever it is. Uh, so if you're going to buy a car and it's twenty thousand um, dollars, you don't have to make any payments for a month or so. Um, you may not think so much about what you have to pay up front right now. Um, you know, and same thing for anything else. Uh, a second uh, benefit of down payments is that. Uh, they reduce your overall loan balance. So obviously, if you have to pay part of it up front, you're financing less. Uh, you have a lower loan balance to begin with. You're paying less interest on it. Um, and part of it's also psychological. Uh, so like you, you said earlier, you used the phrase skin in the game. Well, um, when, you have, when you have a borrower that, that puts some of their own cash down at the beginning of the transaction, um, uh, that that affects them psychologically. Um, they think, well, I've already got some, I've already invested some of my harder money into this, so I'm not going to quit or I'm not going to, I'm not going to default because I've already paid, I've already paid some of it. So if I default now or I don't, you know, in the, in the case of, of student loans, if I don't finish college, uh, then I'm just out that money. So it has a psychological effect that makes them more likely to make those payments when they're due uh, and to finish college because that's what they committed. That's what they committed to do in the first place. Yeah. Is there, is there a benefit then to the college to, uh, you know, would they in a sense have more sort of accountability, right? If you have a student who shows up and has already cut a check and it's going to say, no, 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 I'm not, you know, taking, dance classes for my degree or something like that, because I've already given you guys $10,000, right? Is, is there, is there accountability and, and sort of benefit that the, that the college then gets from this too? Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic point. Um, I don't, I don't know if the college gets uh, more benefit out of it. I, though I do think the student does mm -hmm. uh, because when you are well, I'll take, I'll talk about my own experience. When I went to college, I paid for uh, every semester uh, until my last semester, I paid for out of pocket. So I paid for my books, I paid for my tuition, everything I paid for uh, from my own income. Um, and that made me a lot more aware of what am I paying for? Uh, I can remember, uh, I won't call out the school that I went to, but uh, I was at a community college and one of my first classes one of the first assignments was to draw a picture of what we think a scientist looks like. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just for fun, but I thought, you know, that I've been spending an hour in this class and I'm paying hundreds of dollars to attend, um, you know, money that I just paid a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I'm hit sitting here drawing, um, instead of actually learning something It's time I'm not spending in school. So, uh, yeah, if, if more students were were required to pay for some of that cost out of pocket uh, with their own hard-earned money that they just made at their, you know, their jobs last week, 
um, they're going to be a lot more aware. Hey, I'm, I'm buying this textbook that's $200. Do I really need that? Uh, do I really need to take that dance class, like you said? Um, uh, so, yeah, it, I think it has a, has, a, has a big psychological effect on the student. It makes them more price sensitive, for sure. Yeah. So th that's sort of a perfect transition into how I think this may potentially kind of help the system long term, but also it leads into kind of what is one, one of my one concerns with this too. So uh, you talk about this in the piece that like, look, this, to be frank, a down payment then becomes in, in some ways a quote unquote barrier to some people, right? That uh, both the, you know, the low income person, but the kid who, you know, maybe just didn't pay attention or, you know, applied late, all those sorts of things becomes just another uh, barrier in essence to them uh, entering college. Now, uh, in some ways that's potentially a benefit because Again, you're, you're creating more efficiency there. Can you talk about how maybe weeding out some of those people who aren't as serious about college could help long-term, like help the system long-term? Yeah, I, I think it helps the system long-term. I also think it helps uh, those individuals long-term as well, um, you know, depending on their individual situations. Uh, it helps the system because, uh, we have a lot of people that, that go to school. They, um, they may not have been great candidates to go to college. That doesn't mean that, uh, you know, that's not a uh, yeah, not trying to be judgmental about them in any way, but that we have a lot of people that go to college that um, would have been better served by going to trade schools or, or uh, two-year community colleges or, or heading right into the workplace. Um, but they, you know, they feel pressured to go to a four-year university. Um, they uh, they take out a lot of debt. They they take longer to graduate. Maybe instead of four years, they take five or six years. So they build up even more debt while they're there. Uh, some of them don't graduate at all. Um, so they don't get any benefit from going to college because they don't have a degree, but they're saddled with a lot of debt. Um, so uh, it helps uh, by requiring down payments. Uh, we we put up barriers uh, for those people not to go to college. Um, and so, uh, we don't have as many people that are struggling to make those payments because they're not seeing the income benefits from having a degree. Uh, we're also helping those individuals that, uh, that maybe shouldn't have been going to a four-year university in the first place. So they, they decide, Hey, I don't have the thousand, two thousand dollars to put down, uh, to go to attend this university. Uh, so I'm just going to go into the workplace and then maybe later on in their lives, they decide I do want to go to school and they're going to be more financially prepared to, to pay for it. Or they decide, oh, I'm glad that I wasn't able to go to school because I, I wasn't going to finish. Um, and now I don't have any student loan debt at all. Now, I have to ask, there, there has to be people who, whether it be a car or home, who are required to pay a down payment and still default, right? Uh, that unfortunately, uh, even getting that sort of skin in the game, even being able to think maybe more long-term with this, this uh, high amount, you know, this high purchase, that it still doesn't take everybody out of the equation who may have debt or may have lost money and never received a degree. Uh, 
at the same time, you could potentially keep somebody out who couldn't afford that, but would have graduated, right? And so it's this kind of catch-22 of, you know, creating some sort of skin in the game so that you're, you know, you're more tied to your, your receiving your degree, but also you could be, you know, kind of uh, keeping some of those, you know, not the next Einstein maybe, but, you know, right, I, I can see people sort of saying that, right, that uh, some sort of degree. But I think to me, there's already some barriers to going to college, right? Like you, you, certain testing, certain GPA requirements. Uh, you know, if, if you have yourself or your family has some sort of uh, high income, you're like, there's, there's those sorts of things. And scholarships exist too, right? And so there's, again, that sort of incentive to want to be the best student. So you have the best college experience and that the college gives you what you really deserve. But I, I, I want to ask, would you are, do you, are you concerned that this, this down payment may keep people out who should be out, but still the colleges would take advantage of those who, you know, have the resources to pay the down payment? Yeah, I, I would worry about that. Although I think for students that, that have the ability to make that down payment uh, that are going to be financially well off anyway, um, I, I wouldn't worry too much about their ability to pay back those debts after they graduate because uh, yeah. they're going you know, uh, they're, they're going to have a college degree. Um, statistically, they're more likely to make more money than people that don't. Uh, so I, I wouldn't worry too much about, about those individuals being able to repay their loans. But I, I do, I see your point about uh, those individuals who otherwise would have been able to go to college and who would have done very well, but because uh, you know, their family, they don't come from a lot of money, so they just couldn't afford it, so they're, they're not able to go. Uh, although we do have uh, Pell Grants uh, that are available to low-income families, um, presumably those students that would perform really well uh, would receive scholarships. I know that in, in the Missouri uh, public university system, um, they offer really generous scholarships to students that have, have decent ACT scores and, and GPAs. Um, so we're really talking uh, for those individuals, depending on what the down payment requirement would end up being, um, talking a few hundred dollars, a thousand, two thousand dollars for an entire year. So I certainly wouldn't see that as outside the reach of, of, of any student. Yeah. I, you know, I also think too, that there, there's sort of this distinction between like the student payment process and then the cost of education, right? And, and the government has certainly inflated a significant amount of the cost, regardless of how students pay or whether there's down payment or not. And again, to sort of come full circle here, to me, it's what's so offensive about this relief program is it does nothing to fix either of those issues, right? It doesn't really address like your recommendation would the payment process. And it certainly doesn't address uh, and, and, and frankly is probably going to worsen those uh, skyrocketing costs associated with college, right? Uh, and so again, I think that uh, you can both create a better payment system on the front end and the back end and address those costs of college uh, while making it available to people who want it. Uh, and I think the, the loan forgiveness, the President Biden's loan forgiveness, 
forgiveness ignores all of that and just sort of is like, ah, here's the money. Maybe this will fix things, right? Yeah, and uh, well, the other thing about costs is that we can see how this, how a down payment program would uh, would lower the cost of college. So, like you said, uh, fewer people would end up going to, going would be going to four year universities. So, um, you know, the colleges will be faced with a dilemma: Do we lower our prices in order to uh, to get more students to come here? Uh, these students are a lot more price sensitive now. They they have to fork over some of their own money in order to pay for it. Um, so they're a lot more aware of what we're charging now. Um, so uh, and there's a lot of evidence to show that uh, that universities do increase their tuition <clears throat> as uh, federal student loan programs become more widely available. Uh, we've seen that over the past 30, 40 years um, as the federal government has become more generous with their student loans <clears throat> and repayment has become a lot easier. Uh, college tuition has skyrocketed. Uh, so we can imagine uh, if, if such a, a down payment reform were implemented, uh, it should decrease the demand uh, at universities. So they, they should also lower their prices. Yeah. Again, we are talking with Tyler Curtis. He's the author of a new piece, How to Reform Student Loans Require Down Payments. Tyler, if people want to find this piece and read it, what is the best place or best way that they can read it yeah they uh it was originally published at inside sources one word inside sources uh they can also find it on my twitter page and they can follow me there for all of my writing at tyler curtis 42 on twitter perfect tyler thank you for joining us on the pegasus podcast today thank you for having me jared Pegasus Podcast is brought to you by Bluegrass Media Lab and Pegasus Institute. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend, leave us a review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. To learn more about our work on improving the lives of all Kentuckians, visit PegasusKentucky.org.